Summer is finally mercifully here, Manitoba. If you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season, check out our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at Divine Shirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, it's always nice to catch up again with guests that I've had on the show semi-recently and sort of find out what they've been doing uh, in the time in between. And uh, the guest on this episode is someone who I was sort of just introduced to uh, really for the first time last year. And uh, we're following up now and kind of, you know, things have obviously changed uh, in terms of, um, well, let me rewind a bit. <laughs> last time I talked to you, um, it was in the middle of the pandemic. Um, shows weren't happening. Lots of things were sort of up in the air. And now you're able to play shows and you have a, an exciting one coming up. But before we get into that, if you'd like to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is that you do musically, that would be a great way to start. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Sam. Um, my name is Tatiana. Um, I grew up in Canada, but I was born in Ukraine. And uh, I went to the U of M in Winnipeg for my Bachelor's of Jazz Performance. And then I moved to Spain um, to do a Berkeley master's degree. And I'm currently still living in Spain after completing my degree. And I'm happy to be back in Winnipeg. And yeah, like you said, um, with COVID uh, being less of a factor now, uh, we're seeing shows come back. So I'm excited to uh, to be booking some things and to be playing some things and um, basically to... Uh, to really present the material that's been percolating in my mind and and on the record and in different places. Yeah, yeah, and that's got to be hard, right? Because I think uh, I think last time we talked, you had recorded the album that, that that came out last year, but you hadn't had an opportunity to really present it in the natural live kind of setting, right? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, the first time uh, the record was released, October twenty twenty one. And the first time we played any of the music to a live audience uh, was May 27th of this year. So it was a bit of a delay, um, but it was exciting because we forgot some of the music and we had to relearn it and we uh, we used some different effects. And yeah, it was a cool experience to come back to it um, at a different time. Yeah, I guess it's unique in that in that you hadn't had a chance to play it at all. Like a lot of people have had this the same issue where the pandemic's happened, they've been unable to play shows, but it's material they've played live dozens or hundreds of times, but this is a, a brand new thing that, that, uh, what was their response, I guess, to the record? Because that came out during the pandemic as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was my first record, so everything was new. Yeah. Uh, and I learned how much work you have to put in after actually having the album mastered and and all of those things. Um, then actually trying to make physical copies of the album and, and the work and the promotion and sending it to people and, um, you know, asking people to listen. And uh, But it's been great. I'm super excited. It's, a, it's an interesting journey, especially in this um, niche uh, genre which i'm i'm realizing is called by society like chamber jazz modern progressive rock mixed influenced chamber jazz right um so it's it's a niche but it's super interesting because uh i get to connect with people uh from different parts of the world that are super passionate about the same thing that i'm passionate about and it's a very interesting, very personal relationship that I have with um, with a few people because of the record, and it's very special to me. Yeah, that that is, that is a cool way to uh, the the niche you're in, though. I mean, like like you say, it's it's <laughs> there's a lot of ways to describe it. How did you fall into that niche? I mean, like you know, jazz obviously, and I know we talked about this a bit last time we did an interview, but that particular niche with the progressive rock elements and and the, the chamber jazz. How did you kind of 
find your way to that small pocket of the larger jazz genre? Um, well, in school, uh, I tried to focus. I really tried to do what school tells you to do and learn jazz and learn traditional jazz and bebop and all of these things. And I enjoy those things. And I really love listening to Charlie Parker, for example. Yeah. Um, but then as I kept playing, I, I first I discovered Charles Mingus and I really fell in love with his music. And for a while, my compositions were in that avant-garde Charles Mingus style. Um, and then they slowly shifted to, I, I felt like I had permission to use um, non-traditional jazz elements uh, especially doing like a contemporary performance degree instead of a specifically jazz degree, okay. I think gave me that room to expand and feel free to do that. Um, so like on the record, you'll hear crazy textures and sounds from the both guitar and the bass. And, and I love doing that. And we're exploring some of those things live and it's super cool to me. Um, and it sounds almost like psychedelic yeah. rock and, and I love those sounds and, it's it's weird to me to have to classify it as psychedelic music because that's not really something I think about. I just love the textures and, and distortion. I think it, it brings a lot of weight uh, to sure. a melody, for example, just having those textures. So I think it was like a, a organic transition into being in an environment which is open musically um, to try different things. So I I think I essentially mixed what was in my brain with uh uh like the the organic um environment and the possibilities of adding those different elements yeah um that I'm also interested in how did um how did being overseas contribute to the to this sound i mean you you know you, you like you said you're from ukraine you lived in winnipeg you you're in spain you got to be kind of uh, just whether it's consciously or not gathering elements from all of the types of music and culture that that is present in all those places, and it's some 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 parts of it have to be rubbing off on you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think in in high school and throughout university, I started becoming more interested in Ukrainian folk music, and um, I've always had the dream of rearranging Ukrainian folk music. Uh, in a jazz setting, okay. in a more improvised open setting, um, which is still a project that I would like to uh, to do in the future. And in Spain, um, yeah, like uh, being being around uh, flamenco music and um, I mean even Spanish pop music mm -hmm. uh, has tuned my ear differently to production, for example. Um, and maybe some of these textures because pop music and production focuses a lot on textures and very specific uh, things, which I'm finding are, are pleasurable to listen to. It's kind of sad. It's like playing nylon tips, uh, sticks on cymbals, you know? Okay. It sounds good, but you're like, ah, but I feel bad because it's not wood tip, you know? And um, so I think the, the production... Yeah, I think production of, of pop music in Spain is very good. They have it figured out. Do you think that your future recordings are going to kind of be more influenced by where you are? I mean, I know that it's not going to take over what you're doing and you, what, what you do is what you do. But it, it, do you feel like just that that setting is going to lend itself to, to contributing to future recordings or even future live shows? Yeah, absolutely. I've definitely considered, um, I've written, actually, I, I've, released two singles now i'm the second one is in the process of being released but um i'm releasing some singles uh which i wrote lyrics for mm -hmm. uh and i'm passionate about that as well and the lyrics are in english so i think one of the things that i've actually considered is um trying to write uh lyrics uh maybe with somebody else that can help me write them in spanish okay. um, because i'm learning spanish but i'm not there yet uh so i would like to co-write uh, a song maybe in spanish um, in a different language and, you know, connect more with that. Also the environment, like just the, um, the physical beauty of Spain, uh, I think, uh, it motivates me in different ways and it inspires me to write different harmonies and melodies.
well, it's such a different landscape than than here. I mean, yeah, just just <laughs> everything about it is like you know they're, they're like alien to each other. Yeah. Perspective is so skewed. It reflects your solitude. Rounding edges of a freshly sharpened knife. Lifting gravity to give a little slack. And my arms less rigid, softened by your smile. Thank you. 
So this this show you have in Winnipeg, it's part of the jazz festival. Um, did you were you specifically wanting to come back here and perform, or was this something that just sort of fell into your lap? Uh, I definitely I applied uh, to the festival just because um, I thought it would be a good idea to see. I mean, if it would work out yeah. and the time of year. Um, but actually, before anything was confirmed, I had already purchased tickets to come see my family um because it's a, it's a tough time so i, sure, I yeah. felt like i needed to go back um and then the jazz festival worked out and um so i'm excited to to be back in winnipeg for a month and also get to play the music and yeah. it's exciting because uh i'll be reconnecting with Kyle Cobb and Devin Gillingham um because we played as a trio uh for a while before i left um, so that'll be super exciting for me, for them to uh, to experience the new the new flavors of the music and to to combine what we used to do with with these yeah. new things. Um, and also, um, someone I went to school with in Berkeley is coming, and she's a vocalist from Brazil. Oh, cool. So I'm super excited because she has this percussive, you know, all these things, and she uses a vocal processing pedal, right and yeah. so. It's a very cool texture. So I'm kind of combining my uh, my past and my future universes. And you could get a very interesting sound out of that, just based on on, on backgrounds and location and the way people's uh, you know experiences with music have progressed in the time you've been apart and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are you playing anywhere else in Canada, or is it just the one Winnipeg show? Just Winnipeg. Um, uh, but we're actually we're gonna play another. We're gonna. Play play a trio show um at uh, at red house oh cool uh just a small little patio set um i love those shows yeah they're so good yeah it's a, it's a great yeah do you have a date for that yet or is that still to be determined uh to be determined cool cool yeah it's uh well i'm, I'm glad you're back playing here because that record like I, i've listened to it quite a lot since since we originally talked last year and it's uh what you're saying about texture, I think, is, is kind of what I like about it too. Is that it has it has it has a vibe, you know, throughout the whole thing as as, as a single unified kind of piece, and um, that that's kind of what I like as far as far as jazz goes too. I don't know enough about the subgenres of the subgenres of the subgenres to be able to pinpoint either. But I mean, there's there's certain things that that within a larger umbrella genre like that that people are looking for, and I think that you've hit on something, whatever you want to call it, right? It's that there's a there's something very specific that you do and it, it works. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate that you're listening and, and that, that you can, um, you can appreciate. Well, thanks. Things. Yeah. I know that wasn't a question. That was just, <laughs> but, um, yeah. so what, I guess like, is it hard to, um, I know this year has been crazy, especially, you know, you're dealing with things going on with Ukraine and, and all that as on top of, you know, living in a different country than, than Canada and, and doing everything else. But, being so kind of international in the way that this this your career as a musician has unfolded is it hard to pandemic aside get things together as far as you know figuring out when shows can happen or who you're going to play with or where you're going to play that's that's got to be like an added level of challenge right yeah absolutely um uh for when we played the show in valencia actually uh we did our degrees in valencia because mm. berkeley is based there in spain um, but the people who were playing on the show with me were all um, also graduates of Berkeley, and and some of them came from Barcelona, some came from Madrid, oh. and one of them came from Italy. So we we really had to plan this thing just to play one show, um, because I think it's tough. Um, I'm in the process of hopefully finding a permanent band that you know we all feel comfortable and invested enough to maybe go on tour okay. um, because it I think it's easier that way you know you you get to connect with these people and 
you you can prioritize some things like uh this tour or you know something that we do together and we can we can have our own things on the side but as something that we do together on a longer term basis
maybe an interesting question about that then is, is, is especially since you're a drummer, what do you look for in, in musicians that you would like to have, say, in a permanent band? Like, what kind of sounds, what kind of, I guess, feeling are you looking for from other players in order to best kind of uh, represent your music? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I I love both guitar and bass, and I think that's why um, I quickly figured out that like a piano trio was not my thing because I love piano. Yeah. I really love piano trio. I even love playing in piano trios, but that's not the sound of, of what I want to show as a musician. Um, and so that's, that's one factor of, of the instrumentation choices. Uh, also the guitar and bass are so flexible with effects and all of these things yeah. that we talked about before, but as musicians, I think, um, it's super important for me um, to find musicians that are uh, passionate about the same music and strong uh, rhythmically because some things um, that are written down might be hard to read, but if you just have a strong inner sense of rhythm, you can you can feel them. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something important for me uh, when I'm looking for musicians. Um, and... For guitar players, I think someone who can really lead the band, someone who can phrase melodies beautifully, and yeah. Well, I guess there's a lot of people you you will you probably already have gone through so many other musicians you've worked with just over your time playing, right? I mean, good or bad, I'm sure you've kind of experienced a lot of different uh, styles and and feels and things like that from from guitarists and bass players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and there's, you know, sometimes you find, like, this person can do this perfectly, and you love that, but they can't do the other thing. Sure. And then this person can do this thing, ah, but they can't do the other thing, you know, so you wish you, you could combine to make a superhuman. Yeah, yeah. Or I guess you yeah. just, or you hire both of them. <laughs> you get them yeah. both at the same time, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... How do the songs from the record work then if you're just playing with a trio? Because in, in some of the some some parts of the album, there's more going on than just three people, obviously. Um, do you play just stripped downs versions of that? Do you do you kind of reimagine them? Do you skip them entirely and and, and do different different material? Well, we reimagined uh, for for the Valencia show. We reimagined it by having two guitar players. Okay. Um, so we had uh, a quintet. We had um, bass, two guitars, vocals, and drums. Cool. And uh, and so the choir intro, I rearranged to be one single vocal melody, highlighting the, the peaks of the original choir melody. And then it was um, accompanied by acoustic guitar. Um, and for the other parts, um, like the acoustic nylon string guitar was playing a lot of the vibraphone things. Okay. And the electric guitar could maintain its uh, its role. And for this show, uh, it's going to be super different because I'm making Nina sing some of the vibraphone parts. Oh, cool. So I hope that it all comes together. And it's going to be super cool to, to have a different texture. Um, because we affected the vibes a little bit in, in post-production for the record. But it'll be really cool to have um, so many options with the voice for texture. So I'm super excited about that. How much time do you have to rehearse with all of the people you're bringing in or meeting here or again? Um, we're going to have about four hours to rehearse for this Seriously, show. that's it? Four hours? We hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's one thing about jazz though, right? That, that That's good is that you don't necessarily need to be playing everything 100%. You know, it's just not like being in a rock band where the songs are all verse, chorus, verse, pre-written. I mean, there's room for, for improvisation, obviously, and for, for kind of feel rather than note for note, right? But that, that's not a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's a little bit scary, um, but it's cool to have good musicians. So if I send them the music ahead, ahead of time and I give them recordings that they can listen to, um, you know, I'm confident that they're going to put in the time to to be prepared for those rehearsals yeah. so that we just have to do the ironing in rehearsal and then uh, have you been like have they been sending you audio as well or are you just sending it to them like is, how, how does it work you know being apart and trying to get ready for the show um no basically i mean uh i send them the mm, the album tracks and then i make notes 
Okay. I'm like, okay, so this person is covering this part actually because the instrumentation is different or or like watch out for this right? or um, things like this. And if they have questions, they're just going to send me their questions and and we have a call or we have a text, um, you know, return text. Yeah, yeah. Just doing as much planning yeah. as you can, I guess, with the yeah, options like you have available. Yeah, ahead of time while they're practicing. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool idea. And you're playing at an interesting venue too, right? Yeah. How did that? Well, maybe. I mean, I know where it is, but just to, for listeners to know, where are you, where are you playing the show? Yeah, we're playing in a in a movie theater at the Cinematheque, um, and it's going to be interesting because I've never been in that movie theater to watch a movie. Okay. So I think one of the things that I want to do after we play there is watch a movie there. Um. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's a cool I'm venue. Not... I mean, I've never seen music there. I've seen movies there a bunch of times, but the idea of a, a, a band playing there is kind of cool. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I can see how it would work, you know, just visually imagining what the, the, the setup looks like. But yeah, it's a, I didn't realize there were actual shows there. Is this a new thing or did they just pick it for you? Or how, how did it happen? I think it's a new thing because it's a new series. Right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because the Jazz Fest yeah. is finally back after two years of yeah. pandemic related yeah yeah well i mean I don't yeah think so you, they've been doing different things i don't think you could have picked a better time to be playing in winnipeg i mean you know this is the, the audience for jazz <laughs> is there obviously right and i mean so hopefully you get a you get a good turnout and people will want to check out what you're doing yeah i hope so
What is the best way at this point to uh, to hear what you're up to? I mean, I know you have uh, those new you have new singles on Bandcamp, um, and the album is out still, obviously. But where would you sort of send people online if they want to find out about upcoming shows, whether it's here or over in Spain or anywhere else? Um, I would say I'm trying to update my social media with those announcements, um, but I'm finding that uh, I think the best way for me to communicate with people is to actually start um an email list uh so i just uh opened like a new link landing page where you can um subscribe and um this will also give me the opportunity to connect with people through a newsletter um type uh communication yeah um which i think is is better i I don't really like social media to be honest it has its problems It's very, very painful for me. Sure. And I, I much prefer um, having that email list. And it'll be great because I can send you maybe pictures of a score or, you know, a video of me working on new things. Yeah. Or, uh, or ask, you know, like, okay, who who's who's checked out this musician? Like, what are your thoughts on this musician? Or send you playlists that I'm listening to. Or anything like that. Uh, I don't really want to do that on social media. It it takes a lot of energy. It does, for sure. Well, and I guess you have all the benefit, too, of a newsletter being directly to people who voluntarily signed up for it. So you know already that they want to hear what you have to say and hear what what music you're making and, and hear about shows. Whereas social media, you're just kind of screaming into the void, hoping hoping somebody, you know, happens to wander into the room where you're screaming in <laughs> and, yeah, and absolutely. be affected by it. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's absolutely. cool. Is that already active or is that something you're, you're launching? Yeah, soon? it's... It's active. It's um. I put my link tree, which is a very cool website. It's new to me, and it's it's like the thing where you can put all your links. Yeah. So I have my link tree website on the Instagram, and one of the links is uh, right at the top is like a special access uh, email list. So if you if you go there, you can uh, sign up for that. Cool. And but yeah, the other way is like find my email somewhere and just email me okay. or send me a message. You know, I much prefer having in, uh, not in-person conversations, but direct conversations with people rather than yeah, like liking something on some social media. Cause you so, never know the intention behind that, right? It's a, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just find me directly and you can message <laughs> me or ask me questions. I'm always down to talk. Cool. And then the the album is out still. People can find that. I'm assuming on most of the streaming spots, and you also have CDs. I yeah, I have. Uh, it's available on the streaming, and then I just added um, the physical versions to Bandcamp. Oh, cool. Um, so you can you can order on Bandcamp the physical copy, or you can message me directly, and we can get that sorted out. Awesome. Well, I highly recommend the album too. People should check it out. And then just before I let you go, what is the what are the details of the show again? Um, the show is going to be June 17th. That's a Friday, next Friday, uh, at 8 p.m. at Cinematech. Cool.